0: Hey, this is Rabbi Zev Bennett. You're listening to the Daily Halacha Kabbalah Machshava podcast where we explore different halachos from the Shulchan Aruch and dig underneath them to try to figure out what is the underlying connection layering between the halacha and its superficial practical expression all the way down to the core underlying principles of all of torah and machshava if you like this content please check us out at www.yesodblocks.com, where you can subscribe and join the growing YesodBlocks community we have a lot of content up there and a lot of more new uh, content being added literally every week Uh, additionally you can check out on itunes and on the amazon store our recent album release called tikkun HaYesod, which is all about using the profound and deep Torah concepts and frameworks that we've been discussing on this series uh, in order to battle the dark side of the internet, the world of pornography, as it is uh, expanding and encroaching further and further on all of our communities. In this particular episode, we're going to be talking about uh, continuing with the Halachos of Nethil yadayim in the morning when you first wake up. And we're in Simen Dalid, which is section four of the Shulchan Aruch. Uh, and we're up to Saif Gimel right now, and we built a little bit of a framework already in terms of the underlying uh, concepts of death and sleep, and how these play into uh, the experiential encounter with sleep, which is uh, very closely related, if not synonymous with the concept of Tumma, that when a person is in the state of sleep, they enter into this dormant state where now their, their body is operating from a place of uh, autopilot, which is Uh, essentially comparable to the operation of an animal body which is simply acting out of instinct without intentionality and proactive choice and so when the body enters that state so then there's what's called a spirit of Ruach Ra or or I should just say there is Ruach Ra which means uh, some kind of a, a spirit of death that is now resting on the body and that's something which we actually experience in a certain way when we perceive somebody else who's in a state of sleep we can actually see uh, it's kind of eerie if you really let yourself experience this, uh, that they are kind of, they are inert, they are dormant, and their body is now operating in that way. So in Halakha Gimel, which is the Halakha that we're up to now, it says, lo, this is, once you, you actually wake up from a state of sleep and you're supposed to wash your hands, uh, we're going to explore other aspects of the Nathila dime itself, how much water, what kind of water, how to pour it, um, and there's really a, a whole array of, of different details here that we're going to have to dig into. But in Seif Gimel, there's kind of like a building out further of the original concept, and it says, A person should not touch with his hand before he washes his hands, to, he should not touch his mouth, Lola or his nose, nostrils, Va or his ears, Lola or nor his eyes. In other words, a person should not touch the openings of his face prior to actually washing his hands in this netilas Yadayim type of way. And of course, the question will now be well, why is that? What is underneath that halacha that a person should not touch any of the openings of his face prior to washing netilas Yadayim? Now, when you think about it, it's a little bit odd because. This, uh, this ruach ra'a that we're talking about here, that we have this some kind of um, negative energy or dark matter or some kind of uh, spiritual taint that is on our hands. So it's not something which you can actually see or touch or eat. It's not something which is tangible or measurable. So how exactly is, what, what is the problem with specifically you know, touching openings into our body where it can now seemingly, it sounds like what, what's happening is that, well, if you touch an opening to your body, then you'll end up ingesting this stuff and then it will, you know, presumably cause some kind of damage. But it's not something that you can actually eat. It's not something which is there physically or measurably in some way, uh, seemingly. So, what exactly is the problem with specifically doing that? I mean, you can you can you know touch your forehead, or you can uh, you can scratch your stomach, but you can't touch your eyes or your nose or your mouth. And there's even more more things added to that list in the Gemara, which is where this comes from, in Masechas Shabbos. And so, what 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 is that? What what is the what is the risk or what is the problem? So. We've been discussing in previous episodes a little bit um, this concept of how uh, we are kind of formed out of two seemingly opposite ingredients and the ingredients that were that we that we I, I kind of described it in a little bit more of a of a I don't say primitive but more like a rudimentary level which is that there's you, the self, which is what we call the neshama, and then there's the body, which is like this set of tools, a complex machine with many layers. Some layers are more tangible and very, very measurable, like your actual external behaviors and the things that you do with the different tools, like your hands and you know your, your other body parts. And then there's internal areas that are just much less tangible, but are still very measurable, like your emotions, uh, which are physiological phenomena. And then there's also the world of your thoughts, which are measurable in certain ways, even though the experiencing of thought as an actual thought is something which is very intangible and the world of perception which is also again very almost ethereal um, in its in its tangibility so, and then there's really just you underneath all of that, which is this thing that we call the self, the neshama, consciousness. That, that's, those are the words that we've been using until now. And we kind of have to try to quantify that a little bit differently and a little bit more fully now. And quantifying it, unfortunately, is just difficult because it's not really a quantity. And that's the issue with consciousness, is that it seems to be a, a wholly qualitative phenomenon that is, on the one hand... Very, very immeasurable. On the other hand, very, very prominently significant. And when you have a, a some kind of an entity or some kind of a, a, a an element that works that way, which is completely qualitative, but but um, and, and thus immeasurable, but also totally uh, central and significant, so then you really run into problems. It's kind of like love. You know, love is like this phenomenon that is, you know, its there's been thousands of songs written about it, and millions of songs, and there's been thousands and thousands of books and writings and poems and, and trillions of experiences with it, and so it's clearly a very central and significant and foundational aspect of life, and it manifests in so many different ways, romantic love, parent-child love, uh, 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 you know, brother-sibling a love um friendship these are like central central things that really define the landscape of human relationships and what it means to be a person and and yet they are inherently qualitative indescribable and we all kind of know that they exist because we all experience them but we don't have any real words to capture them we have words to try to create the mood and to then convey the the idea of love from one person to another but it's not really you can't really say the words capture Love the way that say uh, numbers can capture a person's height, which is a measurable and purely tangible phenomenon, and so we almost need a separate category uh, for things that are like that, things that are purely qualitative. What what the Torah calls daas-based things, things that are that exist only in the world of daat, the world of daas, which is the same concept as the eight daas, which is things that you can only experience because you are a conscious self, that you are a neshama. So you can experience things that are that, that are uh, physical, obviously, things that are in the measurable world. But you can also experience things that are intangible and that are purely qualitative and only have significance for you on the level of you as a self. So think about that. If your self was not present in your body, then love would not really mean anything to the body because the body has no tool to really grasp or interact with that love but when you're present when you are there so and additionally by the way if someone loves you when you're when you are gone they love your body That there's something odd there right if somebody is is um you know we still we still express love towards someone's body when we're taking care of a loved one who has passed away as a as a testament to their to their presence that is either in some way still lingering or used to be there and so in, in in memorial to their presence that was once there but no one ever says oh i love this body intrinsically and that now it is the same type of love that i had for the self that used to be manifest through the body and so we have this the 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 experiential aspect of life that it's it's these things that can only be experienced by the das which means by your tool that you use to actually uh, experience intangible qualitative phenomena and even that tool itself it's a little awkward calling it a tool because it's not really a thing in other words your your dat your your world of experiential knowledge is is actually simply the intersection between the neshama you the self and something in existence that is also of the same nature or of the same material as the Nishama. So you can think, again, just thinking of, of it through the lens of friendship or love. Let's say there is you, the self, and there's another self that is shining through a different body. So you, the self, want to bond with and find parts of yourself within the other self that is within the other body or that is being channeled through the other body. That is the process of love where we actually bond with another self and, be, and create a unity and a connection between us. And that's that, that can be expressed through activities of romantic love through activities of of, um, of friendship uh, through activities of a parent and a child there you know the 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 fusion and the bonding of neshama is something which takes place through the channeling activities of the body but the actual fusion happens on the level of the neshama now the question is well if we could like give a name or a word to that thing that that the the material, that the neshama is made out of. And let's say, so you have these two Nishamos, you have one here and one there. You know, one is channeling through this body, one channeling through that body. Saying here and there is kind of silly because something which is qualitative can't really be placed in a location because it is intangible and immeasurable, but we're using the terms just for lack of a better situation. So we're saying we have a neshama that's channeled through this body, a neshama channeled through that body, and then we have the bond of love that they create, which you can think of it almost as like a rope that attaches them Um, and and kind of bridges the distance between the two neshamos. So what is all that made out of? What is the rope made out of? What is the neshama made out of? What is the other neshama made out of? And so we don't have a word for that, and it's something which is not really material, so the idea of it being made out of anything doesn't really matter so much in terms of the terminology. But whatever that is, that essence, or that, that material, that stuff, so you could think of that as something which is uh, very, very significant in existence, and yet at the same time, it's uh, not measurable, not tangible. And that's it's that, that, again, is that same problem, that it's so central and yet so qualitative that it creates this conundrum. So the reason why all that is significant is because in Torah language, that whatever that stuff is, it actually has... Uh, uh, it's not something which is just kind of like, well, we have physical things and we have spiritual things. Instead, what it kind of means is that there is this gradation where that spiritual stuff, that material, is actually slowly translated and manifest and converted into the measurable physical things we experience in the world. And what that means is it's not just like, you know, when I asked the question before, well, how could you eat? Like, let's say, you know, you're touching your nose and your mouth, and like the ruach ra that's on your fingers is now getting ingested into your nostrils or into your, or, you know, through your nostrils or in, through your mouth or into your eyes. Like, well, how could you ingest uh, something which is completely uh, qualitative and intangible? Well, the truth is that your mouth and your eyes are actually, and and your nose and the openings in your head are actually these gateways that do exactly that. They actually ingest uh, not just things that are physical, but things that are more than physical. And I'll explain what I mean by that. In Torah thought and in Halacha, there is a world of what's called Kashrus, Kosher. And it's eating certain kinds of foods and not eating other kinds of foods. And if you ever wondered, you know, why can't I eat certain kinds of foods? Well, the underlying assumption, the one core assumption underneath all of the halachos of kashras uh, is that every single thing in the world is not just the external physical component, but there's actually a series of layers that go all the way to from the most tangible all the way to the most intangible, rooted ultimately in this spiritual material that actually is the the underlying think of it as the underlying essence of the physical manifestation that we see. So if you're talking, you know, you're looking at a piece of steak, so a piece of steak the under, the physical manifestation that we see is the meat itself, but then there is these layers and layers and layers underneath that each layer is increasingly intangible trending towards the ultimate essence code that is at the root of that piece of meat's existence and that is the spiritual material that like I said before is qualitative and immeasurable and yet is the most central and the most significant. And so Every single thing in existence has that makeup. And so what we're doing is when we eat something, so the Torah says, well, you have to make sure that whatever you put into your body, that its internal structure, the totality of the stack of its being from the most intangible, its root essence all the way to its physical manifestation aligns with the body that you're using, which also has this stack of the physical manifestation all the way up to its ultimate intangible root essence, which is you, the self and the neshama. And so you have to make sure that you're putting food into that body that aligns with that total stack. And so here what we're talking about, if you think about the the way that the the openings of the body work is that they are actually supposed to be able to uh, absorb all of this. In other words, when you eat with your mouth, so then you're actually eating, not only are you eating the physical manifestation, but there's some intangible aspect of your mouth that, that is at un, un, in the underlying layering that is also somehow reflecting the unpacking of that food and now is ingesting the other aspects that, of this whole stack of this creation of this piece of steak. And so the openings of your body represent doorways into the the system of your body, and but but not just the system of the body on its physical manifestation, but also the underlying layering essence levels and intangible levels of the body that you inhabit or that you are. So it's not just that there's you and there's your body and these are like two polar opposite things. It's true, if we wanted to just uh, create a polarity like that, we could, it's a useful analogy to sometimes teach that you are not your body, you are an essence and your body is separate. But the truth is that it's actually more of like a spectrum which is that you are being translated into the manifestation of your body through a series of incremental stages and incremental layers, and it's really one organism in that sense. And when you look at it that way, it's like this paradoxical unified Entity that is that is intangible, intangible, and everything in between, through a series of layers called histal shalut, and that is basically the formation of your body. And so, what we're talking about here is that apparently, uh, when your when your hands are, are in a state of animalism and they are now activated in a way that is that is instinctive, and they've and your body is now operating from a place of of animal. Animal instinct, which is essentially a very intense form of death, because the consciousness aspects, the deeper layers, are now hidden from the body. So the hands actually accumulate some kind of um, uh, what we're going to call it now spiritual material. And again, it's not a thing. It's not something which is which is quantitative or quantifiable but there is a higher association with death in a way that is not just conceptual. What well, we said in the last episode, I don't I, I don't mean to say that ruach Ra is a concept. It's an actual phenomenon, an experiential phenomenon that and by experiential I mean it is formed of that same material that the underlying consciousness at neshama material also consists of in some form. Except that this this energy is like it's the it's the the we'll call it the death energy. It's it's sort of like this uh this it's a it's a tendency towards death. So what you're basically doing, or, or towards finiteness, which is really the definition of death. And so what you're basically doing is you're inserting uh, death tendencies. It's almost like eating some like eating something very very not healthy for you. Let's say you're eating a, instead of eating a piece of steak, which is a kosher type of meat, um, let's say you were eating, a, you know, uh, uh, an animal that was that was carnivorous, which we're not allowed to eat. So now you're absorbing all kinds of underlying energies that are that are much more death oriented. Well, what if you could actually just eat pure death? Instead of actually eating the animal with all its layers, you could just eat the essence of the animal that was the death component, and you could absorb and ingest that. So this behavior of touching your, your the openings to your head are basically, uh, they, 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 uh, Portray, or they they express the idea of absorbing death-oriented energies um, on the intangible level directly through uh, and in their in their much more pure form directly into your system, and then bringing you into a more uh, a more finite orientation and a more finite set of you know set of um, makeup inside of your body. So that's essentially what this halacha is describing here. And again, I want to stress this is not physical, and it's you, the, the, the main takeaway on the, on the structural, you know, uh, holistic framework level is to recognize that there's a whole world here of material that is not literally material, but is like an essence level phenomenon that literally is, there's no way to quantify it, but we're using these analogies to try to do so, so you can actually relate to the idea here. Um, and to understand that, like these intangibles, can often impact, influence, define, alter uh, the 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 complex chemistry that is our body. That is not just the biological chemistry, but it's also the 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 metaphysical layers of chemistry here. And that the world of metaphysics and these ideas of like intangible uh, consciousness level phenomena are not just like imaginary concepts. These are things that have very real impact because they are um, they are incrementally part of existence and we can't really separate things out in some kind of like linear or or discrete way to say well there's this thing and there's that thing and these things are separate because none of this is separate it's all together it's all integrated and holistic and so That's the important takeaway for now is like on the framework level, you have to start becoming aware. The Torah is essentially a training ground to wake us up to actually seeing. Like when you look at another person, you could just see a body or you could have, you could start developing an activated awareness that there is a tall, tall stack of increasingly uh, luminescent uh components that are all uh incrementally fusing with each other layer by layer by layer all the way up to to the root of existence if you wanted to use the the uh vertical analogy that that the intangible aspects are above us and and increasingly above us the the more intangible you go so that you know you can you can look at it that way you can also look at the other analogy that we've mentioned which is that the intangible sides are going deeper and deeper and deeper within us and at the core of who you are is the root you the the blinding sun that is the neshama that is yourself so we can look at a person and look at them that way and sort of see that there are, there's like this light that is that is constantly trying to shine through every time they speak or every time they do any kind of uh, conscious activity, it's an expression of that underlying light energy that is the intangible self, that is the truth of who they are. That is not that is not just like a, uh, a I'm trying to stress, that is a phenomenon that we experience that, that is that is the center of human existence and everything around that, the shell that is the physical side, is the is the uh, is also super significant. It's part of that, that chain. It's part of that incremental layering. But it's just the outside, and we have to kind of constantly re- uh, remember that there is a whole world uh, of of layers here, and that this world of the intangible material is very very real and actually has real impact. So you might not feel that right away, but now you understand exactly what you're trying to wash off of your hands. And the more you deeply uh, apprehend this type of um, of of awareness, yeah, the more you apprehend this the, this material and develop this type of awareness, so the more that these things begin to become more and more and more alive, and you actually become more and more attuned to to the dynamics of death, and I don't mean literal death, like dynamics of finiteness, dynamics of smallness, dynamics of of small-mindedness, dynamics of of narrow tunnel tunnel perceptions, and these things become more and more and more uh, uh, central to your awareness of your own existence, and begin to as you begin to really develop what I would call a true Torah perspective, a true Torah lens, which is not just about doing a lot of halachos, it's about actually seeing the world through the lens of its totality with all these different aspects and undoing the das tovara tendency of distortion, where we just see the things we're used to seeing, see the things we wanna see, see the things that are habitual for us. Instead, we actually start to see the totality of being with all these different layers, and it's really quite a, a luminescent, uh, complex, an incredibly inter interconnected uh, world of of phenomena so hope that was useful and that you enjoyed that again check out your if you want to see more of this and uh please leave a positive review if you think this was helpful because that also really helps to spread this series and we can really have as many people learning torah at this level as possible that can really upgrade and update the entire world's perspective on how things work in the world and how relationships function it can really bring a lot of Truth and depth and light into the world. So, I hope you enjoyed that. And thanks again so much for joining and for listening. I'm looking forward to having you join me in the next episode.